George Jacobs, the former president of the Vegetarian Society of Singapore and currently the board member of Kampung Senang Charity and Educational Foundation. He is also a volunteer with nutritionfacts.org. He also teaches teachers and students on promoting compassion for non-human animals. Hi, George. Welcome to my show. Thank you, Vedant. I'm very happy to be here. I heard about your podcast. I listened to some episodes and I've been hoping that you would invite me. And also, congratulations on your fifth season. Wow, that's a lot. Thank you. Yeah. And even I'm excited to have you on my show. Thanks. So, George, you teach teachers and students about compassion. I'm curious to know what is compassion? Well, one definition of compassion is to be helpful to others, to be generous, kind, and considerate. Just to give a very simple example, like I was eating at a, at a vegetarian hawker stall, and I realized, uh-oh, I forgot to bring my wallet. But I was very hungry, so I didn't want to have to walk home. So I said to the store, the stall owner, would you mind, how about if I pay you tomorrow? And he was very compassionate. And he said, sure, you can pay me tomorrow. That's so kind of the hawker stall vendor. Yeah. And I think actually, if you look at it, people often do compassionate things for each other. Yeah, they do. Like, I'll give you another example. I was cooking in the kitchen and I dropped, I was using a wok and I dropped the top for the wok and it shattered, it was made of glass, it shattered into a thousand pieces and I'm not exaggerating. So my brother-in-law was there and he very kindly helped me clean up. He didn't call me stupid, he didn't say I'm clumsy. He just helped me pick up all the little, little, little pieces of glass so no one else in our family would cut themselves. Well, that's so kind of him. I mean, lots of people help me too, and I also help lots of people. Oh, glad to hear that. I'm also not in return, just I also like to randomly help people. Ah, yeah, I've heard about that, random acts of kindness. Yeah, you don't have to plan it, you just have the opportunity to help people and you help them. That's great. Why is there a need to teach people to be compassionate? Isn't this something that people are born with? Well, I think a lot of times we get put into situations where we feel like we have to compete with other people. And so we worry that if we're kind to them, then we, we will be the losers. So we need to try to create situations and try to help people see life as a place where by helping others, we're actually helping ourselves too. Mm -hmm. 
So like, I'll give you an example. I don't know how it is in your school, but in some schools in Singapore and other countries, they have class rank. In other words, one student is number one in the class, another student's number 17, another student is number 35. And that, that could lead students to not want to help each other, to not be compassionate because if I'm, let's say I'm number 25 and you're number 24 in our class. Well, if I help you, I worry that I won't get to be number 24. I'll stay number 25. But if you don't do well, then I think, oh, great. Now I can jump ahead of the dump and I can be number 24. And there's ranking in so many areas. Like if, I, if you and I work at the same place, if I do better than you, maybe I'll get promoted to a higher position or I'll get a bigger bonus than you. So too many things are like, you know, we're both queuing at the Hawker Center for food. You know, if you leave, then I get to jump ahead of you in the queue. I, I don't like competitions that much. Actually, it's a little complicated because a competition can also be a cooperation. Here's what I mean. Like, let's say you play badminton and I also play badminton. So let's say right now you beat me in badminton. But that's actually good for me, even though I'm losing because I want to get better in order to beat you. So you being good is and you beating me is actually good for me. Because you can learn from your mistakes, right? That's right. And, you know, like, uh, I'll give you an example. I was swimming today and this there was a person next to me in the pool and he, he was starting to go ahead of me. So I said, uh-oh, and I started swimming faster and faster to try to stay ahead of him. And that's good for me because that makes my arm stronger. It makes my stamina stronger. So, yeah. It, that In that way, sometimes competition can be good, but we have to see it in the right way. Of course, I'm not going to hit that person or do anything bad to him so I can be first. But I can try to honestly, fairly beat him. Yeah. For me, I also like, like sports competitions, but not if it gets like, Ha ha, you lost. Ha ha, I won. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, exactly. So there's a, a, a good way to compete and a bad way to compete. And the good way is to be a fair winner and a fair loser. Yeah. Yeah. And to help each other. Like, let's say we're back to playing badminton, and maybe you can give me a suggestion to improve my backhand. So if you help me improve my backhand, then I might beat you. Whereas before, you, uh, I couldn't beat you. But still, it's good because then I'm going to, I like you. I want to be your friend. And I want to try to teach you things. When you look at it from that point, competition can be good. Right. Yeah, it all depends on how you do it. What changes people's mindset from not being compassionate at all to being compa compassionate towards everything? Well, 
I think there's different ways to do it, but the way that I like to do it is to get people to see that actually it's for their own good to help other people. So that because I help you, when I need help, you'll help me. Like, yeah, and other ways to do it is to see that when something bad happens to you, that's also bad for me. So I see that we have common interest. Like, have you heard of this? Have you heard of the three musketeers? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Yeah, it's it's not a very good book, in my opinion. It's about these soldiers in France a long time ago who kill a lot of people. But anyway, their motto is a very good motto. It's one for all, all for one. So like we're a team. That's the idea. So what what's good for you is good for me. What's bad for you is bad for me. So we always want to look out for each other. Or like in Chinese culture, they have something called guanxi. Guanxi means it's it means like to return favors. So when I do things for you, then when I need a favor, I can go and say, oh, Vedant, would you mind helping me this time? And because I helped you in the past, now you're going to help me. In, when I learn Chinese, when somebody says like, thank you, you say make one see, which is like, you're welcome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think all languages have got very nice phrases to use to help each other and to see that we sink or swim together. Yeah. You talk a lot about interdependence. What is that? Okay. Well, yeah. Interdependence is one of my favorite words. And from interdependence, there are three kinds. My favorite is positive interdependence. And that's what I was just talking about. How what's good for you is good for me. What's bad for you is bad for me. Like, have you studied about correlation? In mathematics? Okay. So anyway, you'll study about that. And I think it's it's a very useful concept. It's like, okay, if I help you, let's say you and I are on a team. We're playing badminton again. But this time we're a doubles team. So you help me and my backhand gets better. So your chances of winning go up. So my play goes gets better your chances of winning go up. So that's a positive correlation. Or I twist my ankle and now I can't play as well. So my chances of winning go down, your chances of winning go down because you're my partner. So you want to remind me before we start playing to stretch, to, um, to if my ankle is injured, to wear something on my ankle to give it some support. So that's a positive correlation. But we also have negative interdependence. So I feel that what's good for you is bad for me. And what's good for me is bad for you. And then there's also the case of no interdependence. So I don't see any connection between what happens to you and what happens to me. And if you look at life, there's a lot of sad times when people feel 
negatively interdependent. So they don't help each other or they feel no interdependence. Like, let's say no interdependence. Like we feel that poor people, you know, and there's hundreds of millions of people in the world without enough food. We feel that doesn't affect me. You know, hey, I'm sorry that they, they don't have enough to eat. I'm sorry that they're malnourished, but doesn't have anything to do with me. That's a feeling of no interdependence. Or somebody asked me to donate money to help people. Let's say there's an earthquake or something. Well, hey, that's money. I have to give my money. I lose my money to put it in the donation box because I don't see how that's helping me. And it's the same thing with our fellow animals, like the chickens, the cows, etc. Do we feel that there's positive interdependence, what's good for them is good for us? Or do we feel negative interdependence? If, if the cows have a good place to live, if they're not slaughtered, that's good for them, but hey, I want my Big Mac. Yeah. Because if we kill animals, then it'll be bad for us because animals actually help feed us in a way. Not like by us killing it, but in other ways, animals actually can help us eat. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, that's the positive interdependence. And for example... We know that the beef industry or the pork industry, the chicken industry, we have to feed so many kgs of plant food to the animals to get just one kg of meat. So we have to cut down so many trees to grow all that unnecessary plant food. We have to use so much extra water. So if we stop eating meat, that's good for the animals, good for us. Positive interdependence. Yeah, because and if we don't kill the animals, it's good for us because we're saving energy and we're also saving lives. And it's good for them because they get to live a bigger life. Absolutely. And there's other connections like with pandemics. Yeah. You know, the uh, AIDS, bird flu, mad cow disease, so many of these pandemic diseases are what they call zoonotic. You know, zoonotic means it comes from other animals and goes to humans. So if we weren't doing these bad things to the animals, we would have fewer pandemics. I saw this in a documentary that one way we can stop global warming and like destroying our at planet and atmosphere is by like not raising cows so much because when you raise cows and feed them when the cows fart in an open field it produces methane which can be bad for the environment so true yeah yeah the the animals we raise for food create huge amounts of pollution. And some of it is pollution with greenhouse gases. You're so right. Yeah. And also, it isn't just about looking out for animals. It's looking out for people, too. Yeah. Because 
yeah, because of the people who suffer from the pandemic diseases, the people who don't have enough to eat, the people who work in the slaughterhouses and the other terrible places where the animals are, it's, it's going to be a happy day for them when we eat less meat and other animal products. Yeah. And maybe instead of the slaughterhouse, if that closes down, they can work in a greenery or like a nursery where they raise plants for us to eat. Absolutely. That's right. We're, we're still going to need to eat, you know, even if we don't eat meat. And also, you know, nowadays there's all these alternative protein foods. Yeah. Like, You've uh, heard about them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, even going to have factories in Singapore making those kind of foods so they can work there. Yeah. Like things like mock meat and impossible and beyond meat. Things like that, right? Alternative protein. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, they can have jobs that are so much happier. You know, imagine going to work every day and killing animals. That's, that's not a happy job. Very sad job. And, it's, and the animals are crying. The animals are, the smells are so bad. It's so much pollution. The accidents by those workers, the accident rate is so much higher than in a regular job. So it's win-win, positive interdependence for the humans and for the non-human animals. You said there were three types of interdependence. What's the third type? The third type is when we feel no interdependence. And one thing that I forgot to say is that interdependence is actually a feeling. It's not really, it's not necessarily real. It's how we feel. It's like we hear about, okay, I'll give you an example. I went to a talk last night about migrant workers in Singapore. And there was this person there from this organization I never heard of before. It's called, it's raining raincoats. It's um, raining rain. Have you heard of them? Yeah, yeah, somewhere I've seen they're like, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, so the idea is there's hundreds of thousands of migrant workers in Singapore, but a lot of people, they don't think about them. So they don't feel any connection. They, they don't feel... They feel no interdependence with these people, with these migrant workers. So we want to try to change that. And that's what organizations, I know there's others too, but this organization, it's Raining Raincoats, tries to do. So they try to have social events where the other people in Singapore, like you and me, we can meet migrant workers. We can have a meal with them. We can get to know them. We can help them connect with their families. And so this way we see, yeah, actually we are connected because those people build the buildings that we live in or we work in. So we actually are connected. We are positively interdependent with them, but too many people 
feel no connection, no interdependence. Yeah, and if we help the migrant workers by like supporting them and donating to them, it's good for them because they need all the support because from day to night, 24-7, they keep working, like some at construction sites, some like painting places and all these other things. It's good for them and it's good for us because we're helping them and they can do a better job and live a happier life, like I said. Yeah, and, you know, it, it makes us happier to be compassionate. There's actually a chemical, a, a, a natural chemical that our bodies produce when we do good things. It, that makes us feel good and it's good for our health too. And isn't it nice to live in a friendly place where everyone is looking out, is helping, is being compassionate to everyone else? Yeah, it feels very good. Like it feels good to be in a place where you can just walk on the street and everybody knows you and you know everyone. Yeah, and even if you don't know them, because you know there's more than 5 million people in Singapore, but at least, okay, I might not know you, but I I like you. I feel that we are all part of the same big community. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we all live in Singapore and we're all humans. Yep. Like, I remember one time I was riding my bike and something went wrong with my bike. And there was this migrant worker there. I think it was on a Sunday. He wasn't at work. And he helped me fix my bike. And then I rode off. I thanked him. And yeah, it was very nice. Yeah, it's so kind of him to like to help you with your bike. Mm, I really appreciated it. What can we do to improve our relationship with other living things and coexist together? Okay. That's a very important question. I'm glad that you asked it. Of course, the first thing I'm going to say is we should change our diet. And actually, changing diet is not difficult. I've been a vegetarian for more than 40 years, and I've been a vegan for about 15 years. And to me now, it's so easy to do. So if we change our diet, that's a great way to do it. Another thing that I do is I support animal sanctuaries. You know, there are places where they, animals who escape from slaughterhouses or escape from factory farms, they take them in, the humans take them in and let them live there for the rest of their natural lives. So you can support these animal sanctuaries. Yeah. In in India, Blue Cross of Hyderabad, and over there they they had all these rescue dogs and oh. all, the, all different kinds of of like of animals that had been rescued from the streets and rescued from slaughterhouses or like yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So I donate not a lot of money, but a little bit of money to animal sanctuaries in different parts of the world. When I'm like a bit older, 
I'm going to start donating to all those big foundations soon. That's very kind of you. Yeah, there's so many excellent charities that yeah. we can donate to. Yeah, there's Blue Cross, like I said, and then there's Red Cross, which is like helping humans too. Yeah. And there are so many different different places and organizations we can donate to. Mm, true. So yeah, and we can also work, we can also start or support charities by working there. Yeah, we can. And that way we can also meet the dogs. It's like, it's again interdependence. It's good for us because we're earning money and we have a job. And we we can also be with the dogs and the dogs can have some fun and support. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm very impressed how you learned the term interdependence. That's great. I feel very happy because I think it's a, a very important concept. Yeah, you're the one who told me just now. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, earlier, before I, I was doing the research for this interview, I had no idea that word even existed. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's it's got a long history in what's called social psychology, trying to understand how people can do things together. And so what they found is that sometimes people are different from each other, and sometimes those differences make people dislike each other. But if we feel this positive interdependence, if we have a common goal and we work together toward, towards common goals, then we can like each other even though we're very different. So what you're saying is like if me and my friend like like two different sports, but at the same time we like the same food, like both of us like pasta, then we can go together and eat pasta. Yeah. So the thing is that you need a common goal. So in this case, your common goal is to eat pasta. So you have to figure out where to go. You have to figure out how to get the money to pay, or maybe you go to your own house and you cook the pasta yourselves. So yeah, yeah. So you have a common goal. You all contribute to meeting that goal and you all get to celebrate by eating delicious pasta. Yeah. What got you into doing what you do now? What did you want to be as a child? Well, as a child, I wanted to be a sports star. I wanted to be a great athlete. You know, whatever the sport was, basketball, American football, tennis. I, I love to play sports and I dreamed of being a famous sports star. Yeah, so, I I like sports a lot too. Yeah. So what do you dream about being a famous cricket player or what, what sport do you want to be great at? Well, mainly cricket. But now that I've interviewed so many people, I have like 100 plus things in my head. <laughs> right. Yes. 
Well, that's great. You're learning from so many different people, getting so many different ideas. I like yeah. that. And at the same time, I have things which I want to do. One is like a car designer and then a sports player, like a cricket player. And then all these, all the people I've interviewed, what they do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that what I find is that You've got to figure out what you're good at doing and what you like to do. Because I, I'm, I'm okay, let's say, as a tennis player. I'm better than average, but I'm not really that good. I've got no chance, even, even when I was much younger, I've got no chance to be a tennis star. So I have to figure out what I'm good at and what people need. And then go for that. Training in cricket is good for so many other things. You know, it boosts your health. You can make a lot of friends. You can learn how to be a, a good competitor. So even if you don't get to be a great cricket player, there's still a lot of advantages, just like me. I still play tennis. I still enjoy tennis. I have a lot of friends from playing tennis. So I'm not a star, but it's still good. Yeah, and also it's just for fun. Even if you don't like become a professional and everybody knows you, you can just play it for fun. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, we need to find something that we can do for money so that we can have money to support the charities. Yeah. What are your hobbies? My hobbies, well, I really like I really like sports, but I also like reading. So I read a lot of books. I mostly read nonfiction, but I also like to read some fiction. Like, but I also read a lot of books about promoting vegan. Like the most interesting book I read recently is called Superfly. And super fly, F-L-Y. And it's about how flies are very smart. Yeah. You know, most yeah. people think insects, you know, how can they how can they be smart? They're so small. They got no brain, or they their brain has got to be so tiny. How can they be smart? But this guy, the author, I read another book by him. It's called what a fish knows, what a fish knows, K-N-O-W-S, knows. Yeah. And so he's, he did a lot of research about how fishes are smart. Fishes have families. And then, so his most recent book is about these, um, the flies. And like flies, there's so many flies in the world. Maybe fly is the number one insect in the world. Yeah, because even if you can't see them with your eyes, there are like millions of flies. Billions, maybe trillions. Yeah. Is that many? You're right. Yeah, I, I love animals. Like in my house, sometimes I see lizards. Mm. But if somebody's scared of it, Instead of just killing it, I take it and um, bring it down and put it into its natural environment. Ah, that's very nice of you. 
Yeah. Instead of just taking a shoe and just hitting it. Yeah, that's definitely the wrong thing to do. Yeah, actually, I'm very happy when I see those lizards in my house because I know they're keeping my house clean. Yeah. Maybe they do poop a bit, which is a little bit inconvenient, but overall, I'm very glad that they're here. Yeah, and if there are any flies or mosquitoes, they just eat it. Yeah, and so it's a natural way. We don't have to spray the insecticide. We can have a natural kind of control. Yeah. Anyway, putting all those insect repellents and stuff like that is bad for us too. It's bad Mm. for them and it's bad for us. That's right. Positive interdependence. Yeah. Yeah, is it bad for them because they're getting calm? And so are we because when we inhale it, it hurts our lungs. Yep. So, yeah, it's been fun talking to you and Thank you for coming on my show. My pleasure. I When I first met you at um, Nam V Nam restaurant, I had a good time talking to you then. Yeah, me and too. I, and I've had a good time talking to you tonight. Yeah, me too. I've, I've had fun talking to you. It's been super fun. I learned a lot about the work you do and interdependence. All right. Great. Uh, and as I said... I love talking to you. It was very fun. Let's do it again. Yeah. And please give my regards to your grandparents. So thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you, Vedan. Yeah, this is, it's very fun. Like I learned a lot. <laughs> okay. You're a very enthusiastic person. I like that. Yeah. So, see you. See you around. Good night. Good night. Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedan, to get updates on my upcoming episodes. To listen at leisure on your phone or get notified about future episodes, subscribe by searching for Curious Vedan wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on CuriousVedan.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedan. And don't forget to rate and leave comments. 